0: Lepondra looking to get side of away from davis 3-1 running 3
1: points running hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the elm park royals post match podcast yesterday stevenage away we had got our second win and our first midweek away win in front of fans since january the th- january the 30th 2018 one person who was actually there at both games is Alex Everson and he's joined us today on the podcast how are you doing Alex I'm very
2: good Matt very good yeah the Burton game feels like an actual lifetime ago six years is ridiculous isn't it for a midweek midweek win um, but it's very good to get one yesterday and it's it, very unexpected as well so even better
1: yeah, as we discussed in the preview, Stevenage massively on form. If you look at the last 10 games, I think they're in second in the form table or something. Absolutely crazy. Um, another person who he's probably loving life a bit bit more um, and um, probably wonders what all the fuss is about when it comes to supporting Reading FC. We've got Eric
0: Oregard back on the podcast, back from Singapore. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, doing well. Been back a month and I've only seen one defeat. One in 11, right? So... Yeah, don't know what you lot are moaning about, having gone to all these hundreds of defeats. <laughs> uh, but no, it was good. Despite the weather, the weather was atrocious. But apart from that, it was a, a great day out all around. It,
1: it was possibly some of the worst conditions I can remember watching a football match in. I know Alex and I went to Peterborough a couple of years back. Um, that was just windy. Yesterday was windy, rainy. It I kind of thought near the end of the game it might they might start thinking about calling it off. I'm not going to lie, but they didn't, thankfully. Um... And
0: yeah, only just up the road, you know, in Cambridge, they had their game abandoned after 10 minutes of play. So it wasn't mm. a million miles away from Stevenage, you know, same sort of area. And so yeah, it was good that it, <laughs> good that it carried on thankfully it didn't indeed
1: yeah um well looking let's just dive into the to the team news quickly um when it when it broke um we were still in the car we were still getting up to the game thanks to the lovely traffic that is on the m1 around wellin um there was three changes alex kelvin savage and Mola all came in for makaru craig and Dorset. um we're seeing a bit of a midfield battle seemingly between Craig and Savage at the moment. And Savage, I thought last night was actually very, very good money for his start. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah,
2: they do seem to start, they seem to be rotating, which I don't think is a bad thing when we're playing, you know, quite so often as we are. Uh, definitely decent to to be rotating. I think, I do think Savage is improving. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I gave him a lot of, criticism earlier in the season I don't really think he was particularly good I think he was often quite flashy and and didn't really have much in the way of um of actual you know impact on the game yesterday I think the first 25 minutes 30 minutes he wasn't necessarily great um and then he got booked at some point during the first half for a pretty awful tackle uh very very late i think he got booked after about 20 25 minutes something like that and after that up until he got subbed off i actually think he was you know pretty impactful the second half particularly once we actually started to take control of the ball um and actually you know counter attack a lot more effectively he looked a lot better um so yeah i was i was impressed with savage yesterday Molar, i can understand that the, the logic of playing him. I think he's improved. I think a lot of people, you know, jumped conclusions once they watched him play against, what was it, Cambridge early on in the season. He kind of had a bit of a clanger for that and then multiple after. And actually, I think the last few times he's played, even off the bench, he's looked fine when he's come off the bench. There's been nothing wrong with his performances. And I'll be honest, he's much better than Guinness Walker ever was defensively, isn't he? And that's, I know Dorset has played well at left back, but also Mola is a, you know, an experienced player at left back compared to Dorset who is a centre back. Ultimately, um,
0: I, actually I, mean, had, Moeller does... I actually had Mola as one of my men of the match. Men of the match. Yeah, he, he had a, a... lot of headers and last ditch tackles, and one really excellent tackle which he got booked for, which was ridiculous. Yeah, I yeah that tackle uh, really late on
2: in the first half. Was absolutely crazy that he got booked for. It was a brilliant uh, tackle. I'm very surprised he got booked for that. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with all three of the changes, to be honest. I think they all, all
1: kind of played their part in the win. Absolutely. And the last person that came in, Kelvin, he's been pretty effective on the left um, uh, off the bench of late. And likewise, again, at the weekend against, against Oxford, created the goal. Um, him on the left is probably the only way he's getting into this team. Um,
2: he kind again. of has that
1: mate role
2: about him. Mm. At the minute they like say, plays, plays early. Off the, you know plays off a wing and, and is, mm-hmm. is basically encouraged to run with ball towards the goal from out wide
1: mm-hmm. I, think I think the one the difference is-
0: with, with Kelvin yesterday was which I was impressed with was his work rate. he really helped defensively as well, and he was actively pressing and he didn't seem to like I've seen him in previous games and it seems like he's kind of run out of steam or run out of fitness towards the end, but I think actually. Yesterday, he held up pretty well and he was running both ways, contributing both defensively and offensively. And you could tell pretty much the whole game that their right back was pretty uncomfortable when he got in one-on-one situations. So it was obviously the right choice to, to play him. Sometimes his end product is still a bit suspect though, but that's, you know, we're in League One. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, there was one decision. I think it was in the second half when he decided to shoot, wasn't there? And he had, I think, Aziz one side. I think he had Smith the other. Um, but but yeah, I, I think really with, with, with Kelvin, it'll be interesting to see how he evolves, I think, in this left mid left wing position, because obviously I, it's probably a new position for him. He's seemingly done very well so far off the bench. It's a different pro- prospect starting, but I thought yesterday was was very, very solid from him. You can tell that he's a central player because he always wants to drift centrally. There was times sometimes when Mola was coming forward on the left and you just think to Kelvin, give him the overlap option. And he kept trying to go inside to the edge of the box and that to try and get a ball ball from Mola into him rather than offering the the overlap. But, um, but I thought Kelvin had a really, really good game yesterday, really on the whole. Um the game game kicks off um and quite early on it didn't take long really um Eric for Stevenage to lay out their game plan, I think you could say. We we talked about it on the on on the preview podcast, wh- whatever your kind of viewpoints are of it. One thing that they did very, very well in that early part of the game was pressuring Reading, penning Red Reading in, and I mean for all the pressure though, Reading defended it really really well
0: yeah i think that they, they, they clearly have a style right steve evans very direct they they like to to pass the balls forwards they like to hit long balls into the channels and up to the front men and i think yeah the first 20 minutes half an hour we didn't seem comfortable with that phase of the game although there weren't many direct threats to the goal it was just that we were pending. There was lots of pressure. There were lots of set pieces coming into the box, um, which I actually thought we defended really well. I think Binden and Bengay, yeah, the whole back four really, had a had a really good game, maybe Binden especially. So it was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. And I think I turned to Alex at one point in the game and said, this is how we need to play against them. And once we started doing that the other way, we we started improving, which was good.
2: Yeah, they played extremely fast football. Every time they got the ball, it was just kind of how quickly can we get the ball into the box to either get a knockdown or win a corner, et cetera, and that was it. Um, everything they did was aimed at the back post when it was in the air and kind of with the intention of it falling to a Stevenage player, but it never really did. And it, for all of the pressure that they had, I think they only really had like one good chance in the first half. And they hit the post. I don't know when that was in the first half, but they hit the post in the first half. But, I mean, other than that, I really can't think of many opportunities that they created for themselves where it felt like that we were under danger of, of conceding in the first half, despite all the pressure that we were actually under. It, it just, it never felt comfortable, but it, it, it didn't feel like Stevenage were, you know, battering to, to take the lead or anything.
1: I think it was just very solid defensively all round i mean the crosses they were dealing with fantastically i mean bindon um you know we were talking about man of the matches and stuff i think bindon was very close to being my man of the match again you know he was fantastic against oxford he was brilliant again um the, the, last night
2: one thing about bindon is that we've managed these two results now back to back away from home stevenage and oxford in the last four days mm-hmm. and we've given up what two shots yesterday on targeting against stevenage and three against oxford and that's playing in Bengwe and Binden at centre-back whilst Holmes has been injured. And it's, it's telling that yesterday nobody really mentioned Tom Holmes missing. It was almost just like, well, we'll just get on with it and we'll just, you know, play without. Um, it, it it's was reassuring. That, yeah, it was, it was very reassuring to have kind of such a, another, you know, solid defensive performance, despite the fact that Tom Holmes, who's definitely the most senior centre-back, Just
0: wasn't. I think think Mbenge needs some credit as well. He he was a bit more measured yesterday. He didn't dive in and give away as many fouls, and you you could see that it was a bit more considered and a bit more measured. And you know I can't remember him being sort of beat by anybody in any particular challenges. And then Mm -hmm. he's got that sort of physical presence, which is which I think was needed yesterday. So full credit to the back four Mm -hmm. because yeah in the in that first half we were under a lot of pressure for a long period and it felt a little bit like okay well we can't keep having this pressure because eventually something's got to give but then we slowly were able to work our way into the game which then helped us
1: yeah i think really on on in he did have just one moment where he tried to carry the ball too far and and he ended up being dispossessed about 35 30 yards out out from from his own goal Apart from that, though, you know, I think you've got to give prop, props to Mbengue. You know, he's been kind of a fringe player this season and to come in, you know, next to someone, again, who's so young in, in Binden, I think, you know, you, you can only credit that. It's a very young back line. It's not easy for any of them.
2: I mean, was the only one with any real experience, right? I mean, he's yeah. 32. But then you look at Mola's 22, Mbengue's 22, Binden's 19. And then they've got Savage playing in front of them who's only 20, it, it's not like they've got a, a wealth of experience and, um, you know, leading them there. It's it's literally just on really, on the right-hand side. Other than that, it's a, and it's all a that very confidence.
0: young defensive team. It's all that confidence, Alex, that playing in front of David, David Button brings you. That's what it is. <laughs> he didn't really have anything to do again yesterday, though, did he? No, no, he was pretty he much untested. It. Shots he from the distance and one sort of... Half-decent save, but it was, yeah, it was pretty straightforward for him. And um, I think he, he had one dodgy area where he tried to punch a, a cross and it kind of didn't punch it very well straight into the area. But he managed to save the rebound, luckily.
2: I'm sure he was delighted. He's actually from Stevenage, David Button. So Was he? Yeah, I'm sure he no. be delighted with yesterday's win. I don't think he ever played for Stevenage. Um, oh, no, he did, sorry. I think in his uh, back in his whatever it would have been, teams, before he joined Tottenham. He was uh, at
1: Stevenage, so the David Button Derby.
2: There you go, the David Button Derby yeah. So <laughs>
1: Well, if if he's got nothing, nothing much to do during the game, that brings a happy map because it means that, you know, that the defense is doing well and he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Um, Moving on. Anyway, there was one chance, um, a really good chance that Kelvin nearly had a header on from. Well, it was a long ball up. It turned into a very scrappy game yesterday just because of the weather conditions. It was hard to really manage. If you were there, you would have seen how much the ball was being blown about when it was being pumped long being held up in the wind um it was a classic almost league one midweek late january early february clash really between the two of them but kelvin nearly got through or he did get through one-on-one but the keeper came out and stopped it quickly Aziz couldn't quite follow up and knock it into the back of the net but 45 minutes comes along and alex a bit of a way end exit or away day ecstasy when when we're able to get get the goal, I'm still not overly sure really what happens here because the club credited the goal to Mbengue. That was probably very stupid because Mbengue was taking the throw in. You can't score direct from a throw in. Well done, Reading. I'm not having a pop at the Reading FC ad, ad, admin here because I think he's done a fan, fantastic job. I will say, team. if it, if it, if it wasn't
2: Mbengue's goal, it wouldn't surprise me because the referee was absolutely crap last night. He so was, he
1: was shocking. We've
2: not. It wouldn't have not- surprised me if he had the goal for him in Bengue yesterday.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've not really discussed the ref, but um, I mean, equally for both teams, he was utterly shocking. Um, you know, there were some things that we got away with, I think, from the ref. Um, but the, the amount of stuff he was giving to Stevenage was dreadful um but yeah if, if you ever go into reading fc admin jobs etc being be, being the social media admin don't credit a goal to the person that's actually throwing the ball in from a throw-in because that's just that's just asking the efl to take a goal off you or something um but alex i think wait, yeah in so the
2: long throw in from what 30 yards or so and mm. on the left hand side he, he manages so i think it's uh ear bishman he doesn't even win the flick on. I think it's a Stevenage player kind of beats him for the flick on, flicks it on back towards the goal, um, and about six yards out, you've got Sam Smith and Oliver from Stevenage who both challenge for the ball. Oliver is Vernon Oliver, a oh, valid Val v- 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 Dane, I don't know Vaidaine Oliver, the striker who plays for um, for Stevenage. He challenges Sam Smith wins the header but ends up flicking it into his own net like and I mean it's another goal which has gone down as an own goal but really you know Sam Smith deserves a lot of credit kind of similar to the Oxford goal because neither of those goals happen unless he challenges for the for the ball so yeah from the far end where we were you have really got no idea what's happened because you're looking through you know 100 yards of rain and of rain 13, 14 players who you're trying to look through in the penalty area, you've got no idea what's happened. But all you know is the balls ended up in the back of the net and somehow it's half time about 30 seconds later and we're one new up. And it was it was a proper smash and grab style first half. If, if ever there was a definition of you know smash and grab that would have been it because it was a it, it was one sided in terms of pressure that first half really. Reading really struggled to get out of their own box, out of their own area, out of their own half. But, you know, we scored when it mattered and went into halftime one or up. So it was, yeah, a great way to end the half.
1: And one thing that it did uh, bring, I think, a lot of uh, uh, joy to a lot of Reading fans, Eric, was the uh, the little congregational cluster of about 20 Stevenage fans who were to the right, Um, on on, on the terrace. They they, they were totally apart from the rest of the Stevenage fans. And um, I want to kind of quash something because a lot of people were complaining at Stevenage fans yesterday um, because of the chanting and stuff. It wasn't the Stevenage fans. It was a group of about 20 fans that were just chanting, you know, we're having a party when your club dies and all of that rubbish. Snorefest, I know. Um, But the rest rest of the stand didn't join in with them at all. But when that goal went in, um, they got a bit back. Um, for, for, from the Reading fans, and it um, quietened down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh, teenage kids or maybe a bit older um, on a little day out, and obviously they, yeah, want to try, they want to try and rile the fans up, didn't they? So they were singing about the club dying, etc. But um, they the tried, rest and the, they yeah, tried. Yeah, the rest of the Stevenage fans were fine. What I would say is that the overall attendance was pretty shocking, like three thousand nine hundred fans, eight of... 880 of which were Reading fans. So the overall attendance wasn't amazing, but uh, those 20 were, a, yeah, they were they were fun and they went very quiet for a little bit <laughs> towards half-time, which was great for us to see. And we made sure that we told them uh, that it went quiet as well, obviously.
2: It's actually one of the lowest home attendances of the season, which, you know, is quite surprising given they're in 6th or 7th, I don't know, they dropped out of the playoffs last night. But it's quite surprising that it was that low. Um, the weather wouldn't have helped, though. I mean, uh, if... the weather didn't help. Granted, it was a Tuesday night, but I would have figured they'd have. I, I'm just surprised it was less than four thousand. It just felt like such a low number for a home game where you've got a team who got promoted last year in the playoffs this year, and yeah, they're still in sixth. Still, it still felt almost half empty.
0: Yeah, they're still in sixth even with the defeat. So they could have they could have actually gone up to fifth if they would have won. Uh, above Barnsley, but uh, obviously didn't, but yeah, strange. You'd expect more people to turn out, but yeah, the weather, I think, was probably the factor there.
1: Yeah, no, well, it was, um, it, it was amusing seeing that li- li- little cluster anyway. And, um, f- for us, kind of much pressure we were under in the second half, it might be cliche to say, but. It, it couldn't have gone on for the whole game, or you certainly wouldn't have hoped. And Eric, we came out a lot better in the second half. Um, had a had a few chances, started pressuring their goal. Um, had a chance to make it 2-0 as well. Sam Smith, he really needs a goal, I feel, at the moment. I mean, as, as, as Alex said, you can kind of almost credit the last two own goals to, to Smith. And his all-round play has been really good of late. Uh, gives 110%. It's just not falling for him. Um yeah. but had a, had a one-on-one kind of a... Well, it wasn't as bad as um Portsmouth because obviously he skied that one. But was it a bad miss or was it just a fantastic block from Sweeney, the defender for Stevenage?
0: I, I, think, I think, first of all, Smith deserves a lot of credit. He does a lot of thankless running. You know, even some lost causes he's chasing down. He works extremely hard for the team. And actually, he does kind of tie those front players together sometimes when he, he's able to hold the ball up. So... I I have no complaints about Smith whatsoever, even if the goals aren't quite falling at the moment. And typical when you're on a bit of a run like that, right? He uh, does a great run. There's a ball over the top and he nips in front of the keeper and sort of goes around the keeper. And I think all three of us in the away end are thinking, goal. I I certainly was. I was thinking, that's a goal. Um,
1: You're jumping up already and celebrating.
0: Yeah, almost, and then you know, as you said, just a fantastic block from their defender. Um, he comes kind of almost out of nowhere, and just as Smith's about to to stick it in the back of the net, he he blocks the ball. So, no blame for me on Smith. Obviously, you think that round the keeper, kind of an open goal or a half open goal, you should score, and sure you should. But at this at this point, I think you just got to credit the defender there because. If that goes 2-0 at that point it's almost game over as well um it was it was a great chance and a great bit of defending from them
1: yeah no i i think it's it's fair your comments on smith i think anyone kind of giving him a bit bit of stick i think you know is looking at the wrong area of the team to be honest um yeah does all the running has all the heart um I just want him to start scoring again so he can, so we can whack out the um, Sam Smith is on fire chance, to be honest, because um, that was very fun over the Christmas period in his little scoring run. Stevenage did have a couple of chances though, both of which kind of like um, in the first half fell fell to read. And Alex, we, well, me and Matt from the Stevenage podcast before we were talking about him, obviously he's one of the most prolific strikers in the championship uh, in league one. I will get it right at some point in league one this season. Um, but it just wasn't his night last night. Had two really kind of good chances in the second half, one from a header across from Piagiani. couldn't quite get on the end of it. And then the second one is actually really good pressuring from molar I think, which puts him off balance and he puts it wide. Um, but big goal Reedy, as they call call him, didn't quite turn up. No goal Reedy. No goal Reedy. <laughs> um, the, the header
2: was really bad. I think he should have buried it. I, he didn't actually get contact on the header at all. I think, it, as you say, it was Piggiani heads the ball across um, on the left-hand side. He heads it back towards the right-hand side where where Reed is at the back post. And he's just kind of got round the back of Bindan, Um and he's gone to head the ball. Now, he's just completely missed the ball and it's gone out for a goal kick. And we've, you know, probably got a little bit fortunate there. I think that he hasn't got a touch on it because otherwise I think he scores. He's only about three or four yards out. Quick one um, on that chance though
1: was... Tyler, Tyler Binden in the middle. It, you, you just that, that, that's just one of those that if you're a defender, you must just be absolutely terrified of because it because Binden he's probably four, three, four yards out from goal and the ball's in front of him. He's running back to his goal. Um, there's not really much he can do to cut it out there. If you try and clear it, you're probably clearing it into your own net at that point.
2: Yeah, it's a, I mean, it was a very dangerous header back by Pierciani, so it is, it's it's a tough one for, for a defender to deal with, definitely. And the shots that they did have in the second half, I think they had one which went over from the penalty spot. But again, it was kind of similar to the first half, apart from those two chances. Uh, you know, pressure, but not really amounting to very much. Um, it was pressure and spells as well I felt yeah I mean there was we started the second half very very well for the first probably 20 minutes or so 25 Mm -hmm. minutes of that second half and then they started slowly to come back into the game but it wasn't they they didn't create like a consistently as you say. it was in spells only and then the last 10 minutes I mean they put us under pressure but again like we did get opportunities to move the ball forwards and counter attack and there was I mean Smith's chance where it got nodded through and uh, or played through and, and he rounded the keeper there was a couple of opportunities like that where the keeper came out and it looked like we were going to get there first um, and either the ball got kind of like nicked away or the keeper just got there before the ready play it wasn't it wasn't all Stevenage by any means in that second half um, so yeah I, I think it was a it was a kind of a just a relatively even second half all things told um, we we definitely dominated the early periods of it and then Stephen has sort of started to come back into it after they made subs, but weren't they weren't creating tons of, of golden opportunities
0: or anything for the equalizer. I, I have a question for you guys. I think, do you, do you think the team is getting fitter because yesterday they only made one substitution after playing Saturday, Tuesday and still only one sub and it still didn't look like they were dead on their feet as uh, Paul Lins used to like to call it. So do you think the I team think- is improving their fitness? I think the
2: the yesterday was a really weird one to try and judge it on because of the conditions. It, it you could see the players. It was it was very if you've ever played like Sunday league in the winter or something. It, you could, it was like that. The the pitch was very boggy by the end, and you could see that players were struggling a bit to kind of move around, I think, but it didn't look like it was a, a fitness issue. And as you say, we only made one sub. And Sellers alluded to it in his interview afterwards, didn't he? Matt about the fact that he only made one sub because of the fact he said well i don't see the need to change it like the game was basically playing out how we wanted it to yeah and while i'm just making changes for changes sake if i do that so he only made the one sub which was craig on for savage with about five minutes to go
1: we we discussed it during the game as well because you know when it got to 70 minutes 75 minutes no sub had come and you were looking at it though and i completely agree with sellers because like i i was kind of looking at the bench and i was thinking like the only sub i can really think i'd want to make is to bring craig on to savage because you know savage was on the yellow card a... at that point yeah even that was because of the and yellow was... card
2: only really
1: well, well yeah yeah you know and so now you're bringing craig on and it's someone that you know can make a tactical in the middle of the field if needed at some point it's just that bit of reassurance there was no real other change that was crying out um i think um, sellers on that point managed it actually really well because again if you're going to bring a player on in those conditions and the conditions were only getting worse as the game got on you know that's probably quite risky you know he's not going to want to change you know the defense or anything in that point because I mean the players on the pitch are probably just judged you know by, by that point how the wind is going and you know being able to to, to judge the ball when it's swirling around and everything
0: and completely opposite to that, the changes that Stevenage made were not impactful whatsoever. Made no change to the game, pretty much. It was like much more of the same and it really didn't make a difference. So I think if you look at the battle of the managers, I know Steve Evans was quite upset afterwards because he said they <laughs> should have had penalties, etc. But battle of the managers, you'd say that Sellers got the tactics right. Yes, the first half was a bit more of a smash and grab, but we, we did improve in the second half and um, and yeah, he made the load of subs, Steve Evans, and it didn't really make a difference to the game. On plans, just, 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 just,
1: on points,
2: we oh. definitely missed out in the first half that they a hundred percent should have had a penalty right in front of us when Yerdom handled the ball. They had a cross from their left-hand side and it smashed into Yerdom's hand. And I'm, ai mean, the referee was terrible, so it's not really a surprise it didn't get given, but, uh.
1: Yeah, but with, it, with 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 all the stuff that he was actually giving to Stevenage to that point, I'm pretty sure that everything he gave to Stevenage up to that point pretty much outweighed that decision. I know a penalty is more than more, more than you know maybe a foul in the midfield, but there, I, I can't remember who the yellow card was for. There was a yellow card after Savage that was tragic. I mean, you had Foster Kasky that was Mola. That that yellow card was baffling. You, you had Forster Kasky that, that 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 was chucking himself about like Tom Daly, and the ref was buying it every single time. And then in the second half. Best of the lot, we re- retweeted it, or I can't remember if we did retweet it yesterday. We should definitely retweet it today. You had um, Piergiani and um, Sweeney run together, and the ref gave, gave a foul for them tackling each other um, to Stevenage. It was unbelievable. Utterly unbelievable. looking yeah <laughs> shrugs all around i don't think there's there's much more really to say um on on the ref but eric the last five minutes of of, of of normal time um and the game if if you've not been to stevenage you have no view of a scoreboard because there's one right in the corner it's out you can't see it from the away end a and scoreboard. the other yeah yeah, it's right. It's right in the corner. You can't see it from the away end because it's behind the stand, um, and then you've got one I think above the away end um, on the boarding, whatever you call it. Um, so we had to get the timer out for, the, for for the added added minutes. But Eric, I swear that last five minutes of normal time and then extra time felt like
0: five years. You know, yeah, because... I was, I was <laughs> quite uncomfortable at one point. <laughs> uh, we kept asking you because you, you put your stopwatch on, didn't you, for the other time. So I, I was quite uncomfortable. But actually, I think it was about a minute before the end of extra time, um, we let the ball run out of play or Button took it down. And so the last actual one minute was okay, but it was just a five or six <laughs> leading up to that where we were a little bit uncomfortable. Gotcha. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you sort of, quintessential away performance you you get a one nil um lead sort of a little bit fortuitous you have the odd chances on both sides and you miss them and then we managed to hold on till the end and i think looking at where stevenich are in the form table um absolutely brilliant result for us which i did say in the car beforehand that we were going to win and you were you were doubting us matthew so you know i i
1: I was um yeah on um... record (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um I would have happily taken a draw um before the game. Me I wasn't too. overly optimistic. Um but Eric did predict a win. And um I mean even a broken clock is right twice a day, but um but but yeah, you were right on the money. The thing that Eric mentioned about
2: Stevenage's form is is definitely uh, you know telling. We if you look at the last four games that we've played now, we've played Stevenage yesterday, Dar- um Stevenage Oxford, Leighton Orient. And Derby in our last four, and in the last ten games, their first, second, sixth, and well, Oxford are thirteenth. So you know, that's maybe not that surprising given as Oxford. But we've played three teams in the top, you know, top six at the form table, and we've got two wins and a draw. That's a, and we've conceded one goal. That's really good. Like, I we've, mean, we've, we've talked, we've talked about
1: confidence team coming has back.
2: Improved so much in terms of their maturity and their way, their ability to be able to manage a game and not. You know almost not look scared of teams they 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 look a completely different side to september it's it's you know long may it continue but they and,
0: and for a team to be 10 points adrift of being out of the bottom four to now being out of the bottom four by going on this run playing these difficult teams it's just uh credit to sellers and the players you think you also lost abby you lost mcintyre and still and homes to injury and still we've managed to carry on the the momentum which just speaks to, yeah, sellers, the staff, the players. I think also maybe the fact that the fans have kind of really got behind the team. Now we're not throwing tennis balls on, et cetera. It probably helps.
2: It does feel like there's been a bit of a turning point, I think, in terms of the club in general over the last three or four months. It does feel very much like everybody's united in the same, in the same boat as it were. Um, Maybe at the start of the season, uh, early September, it, it was kind of like the fans wanted one thing and the players in the squad wanted another, but it feels like the third we've got into the season, it, the more that everybody has become unified behind like, okay, well, the only way out of this like situation now is yeah, for the club to be sold, but also the realization that the club has to do well on the field as well. And it it does feel like there's a lot of passion behind like the whole club in general at the minute. And, and everybody is pulling in the same direction, which, you know for the past however many years it's always felt like there's a disconnect between between fans and and players and actually at the moment it doesn't really feel like that it feels like everybody kind of knows what the situation is and everybody's you know trying to aim for the same thing and pulling in the same direction which is you know i, I think it's been, been a big uh, kind of shift in the last few months from from where we've been in, in recent years
0: and obviously I think that, that
2: helped is a lot of that comes down to the fact that there's a common, you know, common enemy in this in this situation.
1: But um it's by no means a bad thing. I think the togetherness was there all to see it full time. You know, we saw the celebrations at at, at the end of um, the Wickham game, it was a bit similar last night. Um, yes, you might have had the uh, the celebration, police out, and Steve Evans's post match podcast, not podcast, sorry, his post match interview. Um, but um, he might have been maybe a bit uh, um, a bit in tears that Harvey Nibs had stolen his little uh, his little fist pumping little celebration he always does to the home. And that was just it was our first win. It was
2: our first win away from home, like to nil since yeah. like when was it September twenty twenty two. Hmm. So we're talking almost eighteen months, like, mm-hmm. uh, and in I the situation say, in, that we're I in, like, like like need to settle down a little bit. I think. Well, just you know, I just I think just, he's very bright. You know, it's nothing, there's nothing to do with page. Stevenage.
0: It's about climbing out of the bottom four. That's why we were so happy, and the fact that we won a game away. He's just not very bright, is he? The big Scottish blob. It, it, it's, it's the jumping out the bottom
1: four. It's the situation that that we're in currently. You know, I mean, he was very sympathetic with the situation kind of before the game, but it did very much sound like um, very, very sour grapes after the game. Um, Yeah, it, it was it was quite laughable. But I mean, they're the moments that you live for as fans and why you travel week in, week out to follow your team for moments like that after the game. I mean, it was it was jubilation after 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 the game um and i think rightly so you know i don't think i don't think any fan can 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 say that they're over celebrating that it has been utter utter shit for season after season after season i mean reading fans have been they've been battered they've been hammered into the ground for season after season the away form has been horrid for I'd, I'd almost say three or four seasons. I look at you know the last six seasons of games that I've been to away, and I've only that was my eleventh win I'd seen. I think in six seasons or so. Yes, I'd missed a few
0: through a few seasons, but I, I, I can't. I yeah. I'd Just to sum it up, Matthew. Not run. even a big pile up on the A one, which meant we all got in at one in the morning. Couldn't dampen the mood. We were all it still couldn't. quite
1: happy. It could uh,
0: Shame about the pile-up, obviously, but uh, it didn't dampen our spirits. We were humming the great escape and, yeah, it was exactly what you say. It's what what we live for as fans, right? We want to see that.
1: Massively. And I think what, one of the biggest elements that might come out of last night, I mean, we've talked about the confidence and everything that's coming back in the team um, on the pitch and off it. I mean, Alex, did the defensive display yesterday almost really bump your confidence up in this defense because it's probably been the weak point of the team to this point but yesterday as we've said i think the last month
2: of defensive display has you know been really solid stevenage we didn't concede oxford we conceded what as we said two chances later orient they scored a penalty didn't score out from open play derby no shots on target wigan scored from outside the area i mean no no teams really Put any chances against us for a month now, almost. And one three we, in eleven
0: is huge. Yeah, one in eleven.
2: Exactly. We 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 look defensively. We look good at the minute, and we're not we're not giving up that many chances whatsoever. So yeah, the confidence is there definitely that we can go to any team or play any team a minute in the league and be competitive still. So I think you know Saturday, Saturday and Tuesday are both massive for the rest of the season. Um, mm. I don't. I think, yeah, if we haven't won yesterday, then yes, yes, Saturday looks like it should be a, it will be a must-win game and all of a sudden, I'm kind of a little bit less worried about it now that we've won. Um, Obviously, it's, it'll be huge if we do win because we'll go potentially four points clear of the relegation zone. But, I think um, if, you know, if we get two wins, two wins or four points in the next two games, it's, you know, it's going to be huge for the rest of the season. I think we've got a got to really think that it's more likely at this point than we're going to stay up than we're going to go down I think
1: I mean the next seven games looking a little bit further ahead than just the next two games are huge because the next six games you've got six out the next seven that are all in the bottom half and are all kind of within that catchable distance we've got Charleston at home we've got Fleetwood away Port Vale at home Shrewsbury at home Carlisle away and Wickham at home we've got four home games against those teams that that are kind of in and around us. It's a massive, massive month for our survival. Um, I think for this season, just to kind of wrap it up, we're going to wrap it up now, I think, but Alex, you've mentioned that, you, that, that that it's going to be massive for our survival hopes. Eric, do you think Reading are going to drop back into the bottom four after, after last night?
0: Um, I, no, I don't think so. I think we can win on Saturday and then we go above Charlton. Um, Charlton have got three points in the last 10 games. And then we have Port Vale below us who have got some games in hand, but one of those games is away against us. So I think we will stay clear of the bottom for now. And even if we don't, even if we drop back in these, like you say, six out of the next seven teams in the bottom half, they're all winnable. They're all gettable. And the way we played against Derby, for example, who uh, are flying, we've got a chance to beat anyone. And I think the team spirit's there. The defence is a bit better. Just need to get a few more of those players on a bit of a goal-scoring run and then we'll be we'll be flying up the table
1: same question to you Alex
2: we need I just think we need six wins if we get six wins between now and the end of the season we'll be safe that's that's the that, that's the thing mm-hmm. maybe even five I don't know but yeah I don't think we'll go back into the bottom four I think Eric's right I think we've got more than enough to beat Charlton at the weekend and frankly even if we don't I don't know if Port Vale are going to I mean, they've they've looked dreadful for weeks now. Port Vale, um, they got battered by Fleetwood last weekend, and then this weekend they're playing Stevenage, and they've got one of the best away forms in the league. So, um, you know, I I feel like even if we don't beat Charlton, we might still be outside the uh, might still be outside the, the relegation zone come the weekend, and I don't think we'll drop back into it after that.
1: It's so nice to be positive on this podcast again. I mean the last the last few weeks the last four games I mean I was absolutely ecstatic after that derby win at home and um it's kind of just continued. There's a there's a real nice feel, good feeling around Reading FC at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I I hope both of you are right. And you know, we don't have to think about dropping back into the relegation zone and kind of winning games here and there. The next month is massive. The next seven games are massive. But realistically, every game is massive in uh, in in the league, isn't it? Um, so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for sticking with the podcast as well through all these times. It does really um help us and doesn't go unnoticed trust me um so thank you everyone hope you're as positive as we are here if you have enjoyed the podcast be sure to give it a five star rating on your podcast of choice podcast rankings and everything it does really help us in all those fantastic things um keep an ear out for the preview we'll probably be releasing that thursday for you as as usual in the afternoon evening so keep an ear out for that give us a like on all of our socials to keep up to date with all the latest content and until the next one i've been matt Lansley. This has been the Unpart Rolls podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one.